This is Looking South podcast with Dr. Brown and Russ again. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're good. All right, let's we're good. So this is our inaugural podcast. And for, so, for those of you that don't use big words like members of my family, that means it's the first podcast. And and from my end, I'm, I'm Russ Gann, and I'd now like to introduce my friend, Dr. Brian Brown. Brian, how's everything down there in Opelika? It's, it's going pretty well. We're hoping that this podcast is one that will grow and that we will develop an audience of people who's interested in, in things from the Southern perspective. And that kind of leads us into why we, we have developed this podcast. We've developed this podcast because we are true Southerners, Dr. Brown and I. And, and being true Southerners, I think we represent the true Southern perspective. Now, on this podcast, we're going to delve into many a topic, but we're going to try to avoid a few, Dr. Brown. Don't you think there's some we should avoid? Yeah, I think uh, we're going to try to steer away from politics as much as possible because who's not sick of politics? We'll probably steer away from COVID because nobody wants to hear that anymore. And uh, what's some other ones? Well, I just, I just don't, I just don't want to be divisive, Doctor Brown. I don't want to be divisive. I want to be united, and we can be united in all things Southern. So, uh, with that, without said, let's just kind of talk about our backgrounds, Doctor Doctor Brown. Could you tell? Okay. Could you tell our podcast audience? A little bit about yourself and why and why you are qualified to be on on uh, on looking south. Well, that's a great question. So, my name's Brian, and uh, I'm originally from Oakman, Alabama. So, Walker County native. I now live in Opelika. Probably soon about to be moving from here, but uh, yeah. So, I live in Opelika right now. Uh, which, for those of you who do not know where Opelika is, it's just outside of Auburn and home of Auburn University. And uh, I am a three-time Auburn graduate, and I have my Because one wasn't enough. (laughs) One wasn't enough. And uh, I do have my bachelor's, master's, and PhD in horticulture. So I'm sure somebody eventually, if this ever takes off, somebody's going to be calling in and be like, Dr. Brown, what's wrong with my tomatoes? I saw this big old worm on there. and But I'll be glad to answer that, but... That's not the intent. But we also <laughs> must say this. We also must say this. As 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 much knowledge as Dr. Brown has acquired in the area of horticulture, the man knows nothing about turf grass. And I'm not trying to hurt yes. his feelings. So don't don't send us your your uh your questions about turf grass. Uh we have other friends who can handle that, but turf grass is is a no no like politics. We don't talk about politics. We don't talk about pandemics, and we don't talk about turf grass. There will be lists we will add to this list, but those are at <laughs> least the three things in this inaugural podcast of Looking South where we, we, we won't be discussing. Some people's going to be like, what are they going to talk about then? <laughs> they obviously don't know us, Dr. Brown. They don't know, they don't know us very well. Well, I, as you can tell, both of us like to talk. Russell likes to talk. I yes. like to talk. Yes. So. That's why we thought this might be a, a fun thing for us to do. And it kind of gets us off our our daily grind. And, you know, we're just uh, trying something new. Yes, yeah, try something new. And, and my background, what qualifies me to be 
on this podcast, it's because of the way I talk. If you can't tell I'm from the South, and obviously you have no concept of the southeastern part of the United States. I was also born and raised in Alabama. I was a a, a little distant from from Dr. Brown. I lived on the North Jefferson-Walker County line, and I'm from Corner, Alabama, where they still don't have a post office. And now I hail from the metropolis that is Summerton, Alabama, which is about seven miles from where I was raised. But but now y'all don't think that we've spent our entire <laughs> lives just in these these two little places. I got a mass communications associate's degree at Walker College, which is no longer existing. Uh, that's now Bevel State, which is in Jasper, Alabama. My undergraduate is in broadcast communications. And for that, I I went to uh, Lee College in Cleveland, Tennessee. Oh, and by the way, I forgot, I do have an associate's degree in industrial electronics also. So for for what it's worth. And that served you well so far. (laughs) It helped you to know how to plug up a microphone today. Yeah. And then then I decided that after working in television and radio, I did five years of radio. And uh, I did more video than I even want to talk about in life. I can't escape video, but that's a story unto itself. I went back to school, and uh, and I got a master's degree in education, predominantly in online learning, of all things. So anyway, but I've lived in Georgia. I've lived in Alabama, different parts of Alabama. I've lived in Tennessee and uh, North Carolina. So so I've got a, I've had a broad base of, of Southern cultures and travels and experiences. Well, I will say this. There, you know, you have Southern culture, but we also know that we have rednecks. And I've been blessed to travel all over the world. And I, one thing I've noticed, there are rednecks everywhere. Like, it doesn't matter. I was in, I was in the Louvre walking around looking at art, and I saw a guy with a rat tail. At the now, Louvre? At the Louvre. Now that's in so, that's in Paris, France. For for, for some folks that yes, have not it was traveled. Paris, France. Paris, France, in the Louvre. And he had a rat and, tail. And he had a rat tail. So I was like, you know what? But he could have been a quiet riot fan. It had may have had nothing to do with redneckism, but but or his red redneckticity. But it may have been just because he liked quiet riot. He, Come he on, feel the noise. Come on he, now. It, it may have, but uh, I did snap a picture of it, so I have that somewhere in my in my archive of pictures. But uh, but yeah, I mean Japan. You know, you get outside of Tokyo, it's it's pretty rural, and uh, there's a uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, rednecks there. So in uh, Tokyo, so it doesn't matter where you go. Yeah, rednecks in Tokyo. Well, outside of Tokyo, so well, I've I've been to some some several different countries myself. I've been all. I've been to three countries in South America and have yet to see a redneck. I've you been, ain't looking in the right spot. I've been to Central America and have not seen a redneck. I have been to Canada and have not seen a redneck. I've been to France and uh, Germany and have not seen a redneck. But I did see some rednecks in uh, Ely, Minnesota, which is seven mm-hmm. miles shy as the crow flies from the Canadian border. So they're almost Canadian rednecks. But but again, I'm not a redneck. I'm country. It's, and country's yeah. always been cool in, around my house, but but I'm I'm not a redneck. Well let's let's talk about that for a second. So in your in your mind, what would you say is the difference between 
a redneck and a good old boy or a country boy or just someone that grew up in the South. Because there, there's a there's a very, very prominent distinction between all of those. So well, you, well, what you do you, what's back, your analysis? You got to go back and look at where the term comes from. And before y'all get on Google or what, or what search engine you derive your searches from, there's many, there's many stories as to where the term redneck came from. Uh, among those that's most accepted was that up around West Virginia, I think it was, uh, there was a time in this country when uh, people had not organized to form what, what we would now call uh, workers' unions. And coal miners at the time were were going on strike. And coal miners from different areas, I don't want to say necessarily of different states or whatever, but, but coal miners came to this particular area of uh, West Virginia or Virginia. Can't, the detail escapes me. But to show their solidarity, they all wore a red bandana around their neck or a red handkerchief or some, some odd piece of, of, uh, of red fabric around their neck. And, and that was in solidarity and also to, to, to know who you were shooting, <laughs> shooting at when they got into a skirmish. And there were skirmishes back then, but that's where one of the many accepted, more accepted legends of where the term redneck came from, and it was a term of endearment. Now, back then, I'm the first one out of four generations not to be a coal miner. And and I think back then, I think I could have, have gotten along with that and, and probably picked me up a couple of, of those handkerchiefs at the tractor supply and just and wore them because that would have been a cool fad. But I thought, Russell, then, I, thought that, uh, I thought that rednecks were just good old boys, country boys, southern boys that worked out in the fields farming, and so they got blisters on their neck, and they called them rednecks because their neck was blistered. I hadn't read that one, but I did read the one I I've was I've never heard about. what you're talking about. I have no idea it's what that online. is. It's online. I read and studied <laughs> it. I think I was reading Wikipedia because, you know, it's a solid piece of it's a solid piece of knowledge. But I will say, no matter where the term came from, <laughs> it was always it was always considered by certain populations, at least in the last thirty to forty years, as either a term of endearment or a term to be scorned. And then a fellow by the name of Jeff Foxworthy came out with a collection of jokes in his comedy routine back in I want to say in the late eighties, early nineties, and then all of a sudden it was rednickis rednecticity all around. But I've just never I never did like people to call me a redneck. No, it's not something you want to be called. But I'm not saying at times I hadn't had my neck turn red, but I'm just oh, saying yeah, it's not sure. it's not a regular thing. I don't know. I just I've you know there's just a particular population of folks that just what calls rednecks. I don't know. I just have never. I have uh have never. I've just never liked being called a redneck. But I've been country my entire life. I've I've driven a jeep consistently. Since 1987, because I think that's a, a good country boy vehicle. <laughs> and I, I did listen to country music some in high school, but but again... Well, you, can't, you can't listen to country now. It's not country. It depends on what country you're in. Okay. You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't listen to nothing that's new. 
I mean, I'm like, you know, you're 16, 14, 15, 16 years old, and you're like, your parents are listening to the music you're listening to, and you're like, I don't know what you're listening to. I wish you'd cut that junk off. You're like, Dad, this is good music. This is good music. Everybody's listening to this. And he's like, well, I don't listen to it. It's like, well, Dad, you're old. Well, you know, I looked in the mirror this morning. I'm 49 years old, and, and I resemble that remark. I have become the age my parents were when, when I was a teenager. And it's not that I don't appreciate new music that's coming out. It's just I've got 49 years of listening to different types and genres of music and I've settled on some stuff I kind of like, and I ain't really looking for new stuff unless it's of the bluegrass persuasion. Well, I'm I'm completely opposite of that. I like new music, but I hate country. Like, new country. Give me up until about 97, 98. Before then, I'm good. After then, I'm done with it. But I like, I really don't listen to anything but like alt rock and classic rock. So... I'm kind of unusual, I guess. Is it alt-rock once it goes mainstream? That's a no question. I don't know. That's a good question. I, um, I still like the stuff I listened to back when I was in college. I mean, my favorite yeah. my favorite group, I guess, is still Blues Traveler. I, I really like Blues Traveler. I listened to them before they became you know, known as, a, as college bands. And then I'll always have a love affair with Alanis Morissette. And it stems more from... The fact that when I went to to South America to study Spanish for a semester, three months abroad, I had two stacks of cassette tapes, and I was going to bring one stack with me to Ecuador, and that's what I was going to listen to in my Walkman. Yes, folks, we used to have to carry our cassettes with us, and, and we played them in a Walkman. So I get down to Ecuador, and I'm going to start listening to my tapes and all I had was was Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill because the other stack of tapes I had picked up were, were the lectures from my last semester uh, yeah. at school so I literally know the Jagged Little Pill album better than than anyone should but I like I like Alanis but well there's there's worse things to listen to I mean I like Alanis Morissette but you know I really like Alanis yeah well anyway Back to back to what we were originally talking about, about rednecks and the difference between country boy. And I think the outside perspective of the world is a redneck is a lower class, poor, uh, has 1,400 dogs living out in the yard. Uh, half of them's got mange and heartworms. So a qualification <laughs> to be a redneck is the number of, of live, not necessarily livestock, but domesticated felines, and uh, and canines that one has existing, untamed and and unrestricted running throughout their yard. Well, I wouldn't say it's a qualification, but it definitely adds points. It's a so, general. It's a generalized sign. Yeah, it is a generalized sign. So I don't, um, I don't know. I just don't. To be honest with you, and this is more of a southern thing, I guess. It's it has to be something that southern people know. But it's just sort of like I can just spot one. It's not like I. It's not like I have a predefined list. Though I will. I will say if you've got thirteen dogs running amok in your yard, uh, I think that might be a, a you know a, a, a pack of a pack of wild dogs of of mi- mixed breeds and and. Uh, but they gotta have mange. <laughs> 
I don't get that close to them. It sounds like, uh, Brian, that you have physically been up in these people's yards doing a thorough investigation. Does this come from your scientific background? Of, no. uh, of Because I know you have, I've seen and heard the stories of how you can take a magnifying glass and spot the, the, I don't know, the chlorophyll in certain plant leaves and stuff, but but I've never got that close. I just can spot a redneck, you know? I mean, I might say five people running around together, and I can say, well, there's three rednecks. No, he's not a full redneck. That guy's not a redneck at all. So of the five, there's three full rednecks, one half redneck, and one guy who wishes he was somewhere else. <laughs> and I think the guy who wishes he was someone else would be considered a southern person. He's probably so. the guy he's probably the guy that had the vehicle. It could possibly be, because the others are up on blocks. So we'll loan you hey man, we're gonna give you some gas money. How many times has that happened to you? It's like Hey, man, let's all get together this weekend. And your friends show up. Now, this is when I was younger. Your friends show up, and you're like, you're like, well, hey, man, well, well let's go. Well, where are we going to go? Well, I don't know. Well, you got the most, the biggest car, so let's go in your car, and all of us will contribute gas money. And and you and you go, and y'all go ride, run, ride around for about four or five hours, do about 300 miles, and at the end of the night, you get about a buck 15 out of the whole crew. <laughs> Well, gas was probably cheap back then, but it probably wasn't that that cheap. A buck fifteen worth of gas wouldn't cut a yard hardly back then either. But either way, I don't know. I can just spot it. I can just spot them. I can spot. I can spot them at a distance, even without my glasses on. I can't see far without my glasses on, but I can spot rednecks at a hundred yards without my glasses. But maybe it's because of all my experience living in multi-southern states. Yeah, that that has a lot to do with it. And I think there's a difference between, you know, even up in like the Northeast, you get outside the city, there's country folks outside the city. Now, they, you know, they're not Southerners. Well, Junior wrote a song about it. He said country folks can survive. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of what we what we think is good old boys and, you know, those type terms to describe people. I think they uh, it's urban versus rule rather than say that you know, again. Urban versus rule. Rule. <laughs> rural. Rural. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know if I said it right. Sometimes it just comes out. And you know, the more we talk about southern things, the more like my my original Walker County accent's gonna come out. So if we keep doing this, it's gonna get worse and I'll I'll have to compare the two. My change depends on who I'm speaking with. It's it's sad to say, but uh I blend with my surroundings. At one point I had lost my accent completely. I was telling I was telling a friend's daughter That's hard to believe today. I lost my accent completely when I was in radio. And uh when I moved to Tennessee, I moved to Cleveland, Tennessee and uh was was doing my last couple years of school people would say well where are you from and i'd say i'm from alabama and they would say no seriously where are you from i'd say no i was bo- i was born and raised in alabama and uh they would say i don't believe you so i had to literally so i had to literally lose a southern draw to be in radio and then i had to pick one back up in the state of tennessee because people didn't believe i was from the south it's sad hmm. It's sad. That's a true story, though. Well, you know, when I started my job, they asked me, they're like, are you originally from Alabama? And I was like, well, yeah. Does it not sound like I'm from Alabama? They're like, no, not really. You sound Midwestern. 
No, I don't think so. No, don't you don't I sound don't. Midwestern. Not, no, I don't. Not a don't. day, not a day it, in a Midwestern person's life. So maybe, maybe it was that I changed my voice to because they were all Midwesterners. So I was like, well, maybe, maybe I did change my voice. I don't know. It's, I didn't think I did. My it. grandmother's fault. The reason yeah. I can change my accent is my grandmother's fault because she was old. Well, my grandmother, my grandmother Ham, my mother's last name was Ham. And y'all ain't going to come up with a joke she ain't already heard. But uh, my mother was a Ham, and my grandmother lived with us when I was growing up. And she, and she wasn't able to get out and do a whole lot of stuff because she was considerably old. Her favorite babysitter was to sit me in front of the TV, and I had to watch soap operas and The Price is Right with her and stuff. And I guess I watched too much television and... uh it just it had it had a bad effect on me. It grows in your crowd. Yeah. Let me go up to North Carolina. Let me go back up to Kannapolis. I lived in Kannapolis, North Carolina, home of Dale Earnhardt. And I can go hang out with my friend from Kannapolis. And uh, the way I talk will change. It'll change. It, it's it's real detectable. And I come back, and a couple of my friends who are pretty close to me uh, will say, "Well, you've been to North Carolina, ain't you?" And I'll say, "Well, how do you know? Because you're talking like." your buddy david i don't know it just i don't think about it uh i think the psychiatrists or the psychologists call it social chameleonism hmm. that's a big word it is a big word i can't spell it i can spell social but i can't spell that other one chameleonism chameleon in it yeah that one there you go <laughs> i don't know uh that's that's interesting i've never heard that term before but it's interesting. Well, that's what they said to me. Okay, we'll we'll go with that. We'll go with that. So, on another subject, you know, I, I guess we're getting on about you know time to to shut it off. You know, some of the things yeah, I was we thinking got about. Twenty seven minutes in, so we're doing yeah. Good. So one of the things I thought about that we might focus on for this podcast is, and Russell mentioned it earlier, is you know stories and things like I, I have some stories about hog killings and uh, <laughs> which. Kind of entertaining, I mean, but uh, which involve rednecks? You know, well, if you consider me a redneck, then you yes. can't have hog killings without somebody <laughs> being of the redneck background. Come on, yeah. Well, you know, it's chicken, you know, I, and neck ringings, and all that stuff. <laughs> I would say, yeah, ringing chickens' necks is probably the more appropriate term there. <laughs> <laughs> they, die. they die of being choked i mean i don't know <laughs> have you rang a few chickens necks i've never rang a chicken's neck but my dad you know he grew up pretty pretty poor and uh he was um you know they raised almost everything they uh they ate and you know i, I i've always had animals uh not personally but my family growing up i was always responsible for something i had hogs and rabbits, those were my things, the two most producing things on, on the earth, you know. So, you you know, you have two rabbits, you have 40, and hogs. And hogs, you know, they have a huge litter of, of little pigs. So Exponential reproduction. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, those were my two responsibilities. My, my brother had horses, uh, but, you know, growing up, we had sheep, we had cows, we yeah, had goats, geez. and, yeah, we had sheep. And, you know, a lot of biblical principles come to life and and just really, like when you own a, a sheep, you know when Jesus is addressing us as sheep, you're like, oh, I get it now. 
I really get it. So a lot of those biblical... Sheeps are supposed to be among the the dumbest of animals, they say. No, they're not among. They are the dumbest animal on the earth. Being a shepherd and all, you should bring some (laughs) shed some light on that. But I would would argue that a chicken is very unintelligent, and I can qualify that because we had a pastor who was real good at... uh, it ringing chickens necks. One of my earliest memories and horrors was was visiting our pastor, and I'm not going to call out too many names in my stories unless it's relevant. But we had a pastor, and uh, when I was about four, Dad took me over to his house, and they were ringing chickens necks, and he could grab a chicken in mid run. I mean, he would that chicken would run, and he could reach out and grab it, and and its neck or its head would go between its, I guess you your middle finger and that finger that's just to the side of your pinky i don't know what that's called but anyway that would be your ring finger my ring finger if i wore a ring okay he would grab that and twist that chicken and sling it around and and that chicken's head would pop off and Mm -hmm. the body would be remaining and the chicken would run around with its head cut off i.e the the whole thing of he runs around or she runs around like a chicken with his head cut off and i'm just saying any animal what can still walk around without a head is pretty unintelligent. <laughs> well, they I have seen that before. They they do run around. They more flop than run. But uh yeah, do sheep run chickens, a muck. Do sheep run a muck once decapitated? I've never decapitated a sheep. Um What kind of but, shepherd are you? Are you uh, a pretty you, bad one? Did y'all shear them? Y'all had sheep for shearing. Y'all didn't have sheep for lamb chops. No, we, I don't know why we had sheep, just to be honest. We had two of them. And the reason, now I'll, I'll that say ain't the a reason. Herd of sheep? I didn't say we had a herd. I just said we had sheep. Oh. So, so the reason I say that is because we had two sheep. And maybe, maybe my dad was trying to teach us biblical principles because it stuck with me my whole life. And uh, when we got them, they had halters on them. So we were leading them, and we had a little dog pen behind the house, and we were going to put them down there until we got a fence built. Well, the sheep was just stubborn. I mean, you you hear stubborn as a mule if you know what mules are stubborn. This thing was way worse. Like, the thing did not want, like, it had a halter, and we had a lead rope, and we were trying to lead it down there. So it decided, you know what? I'm tired of walking. So it laid down on the ground and would not move. So we tried to you know, get it up, put it on its feet. Nope. Refused to walk. So we ended up dragging it on the ground and forcing it, you know, pulling it all the way down there on its side. Was this a big, heavy, fat sheep or something? Yes, it was a heavy sheep. And uh, so we we pulled it all the way in that dog pen and it finally stood up. And sheep, you have to show them where the water is and where its food is. So like, when you when you have your water there, you have to take its head and literally shove its head into the water, where that sheep will know, or it will it will dehydrate and die. I must, I must say for a moment, those of you who may be associated with the ASPCA, no sheep were harmed <laughs> in in the in the in the sheep herding. They were Dr. not harmed. Brown. They were not harmed. They were helped. Because you have to show sheep they where the water they were, is. They thought they were being drowned. However, they were just being taught to drink. Yes, that's right. And you have to shove their face in the food where they will eat. 
So all that's, the bub- biblical principles done. come to yeah, the biblical I've, principles come to life. Your dad, your dad was coming home from church one day when you was <laughs> a little boy because he already had you got an older brother, don't you? And yeah, a, do you have an older sister? No, it's your just older, us two. Your brother, your older brother. So he already knew what had went right and what had went wrong in Sunday school. And when yeah. Brian was coming up, he's thinking to himself, you know, I got to make sure that he picks up these biblical principles. So I'm going to go buy the boy a pair of sheep. And and he taught you well. You've, you've remembered those biblical principles. Uh, some dumb well, sheep. My brother's only two years older, so, you know, we were kind of in things together. And Listen, I you feel- can ruin a someone. You can ruin a child. With two years of lacking uh, Sunday school education, but you can make up for it with those two sheep two years later. I agree. I agree. So if any of you out there want to uh, teach your kids some biblical lessons, buy sheep. <laughs> they say up in Coleman, Alabama, on Thursday, they have a, an auction for a livestock, and you might yeah, pick you up a pair, of, a pair of sheep up there. Well, did y'all just like grow them and let them get fat, or did you did you shear the wool off of them? You know, we sheared them one time. I'm fairly certain we sheared them one time, and I don't know what happened to those things. You don't uh, know what happened to the sheep. I this it's been a really long time. We were we were probably like thirteen and fifteen, I think. You so. were thirteen years old. You had complete cognitive knowledge of what happens in life, and you can't remember what you did. He probably hauled <laughs> them off because y'all wasn't real good at shepherding those sheep. Uh probably. Probably. That's terrible, <laughs> but we did we did have sheep and we've had everything and we've even had worms. So worms, not not, <laughs> not internal. Worms. Did you get yeah. them from the sheep? <laughs> no, no. We, uh, you know, That's what happened to the sheep? <laughs> the boys got worms. Boy, did they learn those biblical principles? <laughs> well, I'll tell you this: if you have if you have rabbits, you might as well have worms because. Rabbit poop is the best thing for worms ever. So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we've just had all kinds of animals out there. So We had rabbits when I was a kid. Dad decided. Dad always made these decisions. I mean, we wasn't walking around, you know, and going, hey, Dad, I'd like some rabbits. We had chickens and ducks, and uh, we had Shetland ponies. We had some Welsh ponies. We had goats. Ponies are mean, by the way. Ponies are mean. But let me tell you my rabbit story. This is funny. So Dad had decided he wanted these rabbits. So we had these four rabbits. They were black and white rabbits. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so a wild dog, what do you call them when the dogs get mean? The wild rabies. So this rabbit, I don't know. What rabbit. Rabbit, a rabbit dog. Rabbit. This rabid dog comes in, and Dad had these rabbits probably about four feet off the ground in a, a pen made of chicken wire, and yep, and it, because the rabbits could do their droppings you were talking about, and it went straight down through. But anyway, so I mm-hmm. just wonder if there were a lot, a lot of worms in that we could have went fishing. But either way, I digress. The uh, so this rabid dog comes in, and it commences to trying to get at the rabbits. Well, Dad goes down there. He's trying to protect the rabbits. Well, did you know rabbits? I always thought rabbits were quiet animals. I always thought that rabbits don't make any kind of noise, you know. Uh, They're real quiet rabbits. But I'm going to tell you something. Have you ever heard a rabbit shrill? Yes. I did have rabbits, so yes. (laughs) If you think think that little old Bugs Bunny Easter rabbit 
Is this mild-mannered animal? No, sir. No, They're vicious. Oh, my Lord. Dad was trying to protect the rabbits from the rabid dog. So he's trying to take them out of the pen. And Mother was was, uh, waving a stick at the dog. Uh, I'm watching at the time because I'm about in the third grade. And Dad's trying to get them. And and he's picking them up the way you pick up rabbits, I guess. But they're like going... They're making these these shrieking noises. I can't even produce it. If they would take those noises and put those in horror movies, they would definitely scare the bejeebies out of somebody. So we've got these screaming rabbits and this rabid dog's going after the the rabbits. But uh, finally, Daddy got intelligent enough to go get something that takes care of rabid dogs. And uh, other than than, uh, one of the rabbits getting bit on one of its back legs... Dad took care of that. But those rabbits make some shrieking noises. I've never heard any animal make a noise as blood-curdling as those rabbits did. Actually, a chicken a chicken will make noises like that at night, too. It, it, it'll scare you. So, A chicken? Um, yes, a chicken. Um, it makes some strange noises at night, so... Y'all had, some, <laughs> y'all had some different breed of animals down in Oakman than we had up in Corner. Uh, we probably did, but we, uh, yeah, sometimes outside my room growing up, we'd have a, there would be a hen outside my window at night. Y'all had free range chickens. Yeah, of course we did. Oh. And, uh, so, cause we, we live way out in the country and, uh, that chicken, I can't, I can't make the noise either, but it sounded like a, it sounded like someone screaming and I'm like, what in the world is that? And, uh. Asked my dad the next day, and he's like, "Oh, that's that. That's that hen." What so, kind of chickens did y'all have? We had uh, everything, mostly like Rhode Island Reds, and we uh, had some Rhode Island Reds. Yeah, and uh, we had several game game roosters. And right now, my dad has banny chickens. My, now that's what we uh, had. We had bantams. Now we called uh, them bannies. We called them bannies also. But I've learned that the correct term is bantam. But they're little. That's the correct term. But we're gonna call them bannies. But we had Easter egg chickens, and y'all yeah, say, the yeah, "Yeah, they say what is an Easter egg chicken?" Well, an Easter egg chicken is a chicken that produces an egg, and it might be green, and it might be yellow or blue. Fun or pink. fact. Fun mm-hmm. fact about chickens that lay colored eggs: the color of their I don't know what the official term is, but their ear on their side of their head that's the color of their eggs. Never you didn't know a, that, did you? No, because I've never seen a chicken ear. But I'm pretty sure well, they can hear. Well, uh, if you if next time you see a chicken, look on the side of its head, a hen, obviously, and the color that's on there, well, that's the color egg they'll lay. I didn't know that. That's interesting. I was just going to say, I looked it up. It is called a chicken ear. A chicken ear. Well, I wouldn't, ex- yeah. I wouldn't expect them to have, you know, something other than an ear. But I don't know. But I've never noticed a chicken's ear. Now they've got those chickens. It's got the the big old fluffy bouffant feather dews. Yeah, yeah. Those are Singapore. I think those chickens are from Singapore or from some Asian nation. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But so, uh, so let me ask you something. So you had the sheep, and yep. you, and you had the rabbits, and I had rabbits. So we've had a lot of commonality growing on different ends of of Walker County. And uh, we had chickens. Let's see what else. Did y'all have, did y'all have uh, you said you had some Shetland ponies? 
No, we never had Shetland ponies. I had a little pony that I rode. I don't know what kind of pony it was. Uh, smartest, smartest horse I've ever seen. She was really smart. Where we kept our hay, we had it inside the barn there, and it had a, you know, a, a door on it that was covered in tin. And that horse figured out how to put its mouth over the chain that we had it latched with and pull the chain off with her mouth and open it with her nose, and she would get in there and eat hay. Smart, smart, That's a smart horse. I had we had a, a we had a Shetland that loved to kick. It kicked my oh, brother. Yeah. It kicked yeah. my brother. It kicked my cousin. Uh, several of my cousins. I never I never got kicked by a Shetland pony, and I'll tell you why. Because my grandfather, Papa, he uh. That's what you call your grandfather in the South, Papa. He uh, he told me at a young age, he said, don't ever stand behind a horse. And I never stood behind a horse, and so that's why I've never been kicked by a horse. So, you know. I've been kicked one time by a colt, and it hurt. I had a big mark on my thigh where it kicked me. I've been stepped on. I've been bucked off, and I've been. I've been bucked off. I got bucked it's... off by Appaloosa Welsh one time. Yeah. So, yeah, they're uh, but ponies are mean. Ponies bite a lot. Yeah, I never did like our ponies, but we got a we had an albino Welsh one time. Uh, mm-hmm. A Welsh, I was told a Welsh is a cross between a full size horse and a Shetland pony, but I have since learned that that also was a manufactured lie that was taught to me as a child. But anyway, we had an albino Welsh, and it was so uh, it was so white. It, we called it snow, but it was raised around cows. And when we first got it, it thought it was a cow. Now, now I can't qualify that, but let me just say, Dad said it acted like a cow. But we had that horse, and it was albino. It had blue eyes, and you had to put suntan lotion on its lips, or it would get sunburned. But I that I loved that I loved that horse. But it had one tragic flaw. Man, you would get to a good gallop. You'd be going fast through a field and all of a sudden that horse would decide it was hungry do a dead stop drop its neck to the ground and start and start uh grazing and then and it four or five times i went over to the handlebars just say hmm yeah i've uh i've not well i've been bucked off of that probably not that dramatically but uh yeah if it's involved with an animal i probably had some kind of a you know i, I don't have the experience with cows yeah, now I, I will say a cow's head is probably the hardest thing on the earth. One time I was in a, uh, they called it the wild cow milking. and uh, <laughs> The wild cow milking. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, at a little place in Oakman called Old York, and uh, my brother was in it and his friends, and I joined in. The and wild uh, cow milking. Yeah, so you had to catch this cow, and obviously she had milk, and you had to catch it, and then whoever had the most milk would win. But uh, whichever this cow, cow had the most milk, or the the one that could milk the cow the most, the one like we had a cup, and whoever could milk the get the most milk out. Now these cow, it was a wild cow milking, and let me tell you, these cows were wild because one saw me and took off after me, and I took off running. And that thing hit me in the butt, and I don't know how far I flew in the air, but it hurt. It hurt bad. So yeah, I think being uh, cow butted hurts. Have you ever yeah. been bull butted? Uh, no, no, Did but I don't want to be. 
Did y'all win the cow, the free cow? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. I think we, I, I, I know we was wrapping up a while ago, but I just had to hear the stories uh, about animals. You can't, you can't start telling stories about animals and not in. But so, what have we learned today? Well, we've learned that uh, if you raise your child, if you want to raise your children right in a good, godly home, get a pair of sheep. Yep. We've learned. We've learned. You can you can pop a head of a chicken up and cause trauma to a small child. We've learned that Shetland ponies are mean. But for, but 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 most importantly, we've introduced you to to maybe our personalities a little bit, and uh, you can pick up knowing a little bit more about the South because the South's a great place to live. I've I've, I've been to eleven countries, and I can tell you. Uh, there's other places that I'd like to live in the south than where I live now, especially those with real mountain ranges. But I don't want to live anywhere but the south. And I so, agree. And so this this week as you're uh, as you're going through life and and everything, just always remember if you want to smile, how about looking south?